0: This is going to be a good one. We're going to talk about leveraging emotions, the good and the bad, those that feel exciting, make us happy. And then also the things that frustrate us, make us angry or just make us feel insecure. Let's talk about it. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role? Build the confidence and competence to lead your team successfully and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization. That's the question, and this show provides the answers. Welcome to the Manager Track Podcast. I'm your host, Ramona Shah, and I'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress and dread, but as a source of contribution, connection, and fulfillment. And this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders who know how to lead so everyone wins and grows. In the show, you learn how to think, communicate, and act as the confident and competent leader you know you can be. Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. This episode of leveraging emotions is something that it's a topic that has been on my mind for quite a while. And I talk about emotions and emotional management here on the podcast ever so often because it's a big part of leadership to manage your own emotions, but also be emotionally intelligent to read and navigate other people's emotions. And in recent years, where a lot of people were dealing with overwhelm, stress, burnout, and fears around what's happening with the pandemic or what's happening with the potential recession or with layoffs, emotions have, and I wouldn't even say historically that wasn't the case, but just have been top of mind for a lot of people. And a lot of leaders also started feeling a little. Exhausted with carrying that emotional load, not only for themselves and maybe their family members too, but also every day for their team. There'd always be someone or multiple people who were having emotionally a difficult time, and the leader takes some of that on, and that can feel really tiring. So, this is not an episode about burnout, but I do want to talk about how to leverage emotions. But before we dive in, Let's quickly talk about where emotions come from. So one of the things that we have to get really clear on first, as we talk about emotions, is that there are situations, circumstances, things in our lives that are factual. They could be captured on a video camera, on video, or on a picture. Whatever those circumstances, I'm at a computer, I am recording a podcast, I could say I received an email from my employee two minutes ago. I delegated work yesterday that had a due date of today and I haven't received it yet. Those are facts, right? Those are things we could capture. I said yesterday, the deadline is today at noon. It's now noon and I haven't received it. We could actually record that and everyone would agree. These are facts. We don't have emotions around facts. Facts are neutral. What what someone says is a disrespectful comment or what someone says is a poor way of leadership. That is not a fact. Poor leadership cannot be captured on video in itself. We wouldn't all agree. What you consider poor leadership is not what I would consider poor leadership most likely. What I consider to be a rude comment may not be what you consider a rude comment. So that's it, really important when it comes to emotions. The facts around us are not emotional, they're facts. Then we see these facts or we experience them and we have thoughts about them. We interpret them a certain way. We interpret a sentence as rude, disrespectful. We consider a lack of follow through as lazy or poor judgment or poor task management. We consider a typo as sloppy. Those are interpretations or thoughts about these facts. Two different things. Most people don't separate the two. And then when we consider facts to also have judgment and interpretations all combined into one. It's like one big, not a ball. It's all one thing. Then it becomes really hard to manage our emotions because we blame all of it to the outside world, to the circumstances. Okay, so facts separate from our thoughts and interpretations. Now thoughts and interpretations are also separate from our emotions or our feelings. How the, the things that are going on that we are sensing inside of us, guilt, fear, anger, hurt, or shame, frustration, doubt, anxiety, joy, happiness, excitement. You name it. Those are the common feelings that we experience in the workplace. Those are also separate from our thoughts. But it is our thinking, our interpretations that fuel those feelings, okay? So the way that we think fuels or triggers how we feel. If I think, if I have a presentation tomorrow and I think, oh my gosh, I'm not prepared yet. I'm scared of this audience. They're going to judge me. I don't know my stuff well enough yet. I'm not good enough at this yet who am I to tell them about this environmental trend or whatever the topic may be? Then I start to feel anxious, insecure, scared, fearful, doubtful because of the thoughts in my head, right? The presentation itself, again, that is the circumstance or the fact is neutral. So I'm I'm spending a lot of time here, but this is really, really important. So when we say, We wanna manage our emotions or actually leverage emotions. We have to understand that emotions are different from our thinking, our judgments, our thoughts. And our judgment thoughts and our uh, interpretations are also different from the facts. So when something happens and I get frustrated, it's because of the way I think about it. Not about the fact, it's the way I think about it that makes me feel frustrated. Now someone may say I was thrown under the bus by my coworker by my peer in a leadership meeting today and I'm super upset about it. And I'm upset about it because I was thrown under the bus for a fact. It seems totally plausible, but when you say that or then if that's the way you see it then it'll be really hard to take responsibility for your emotions. Because the reason why you're upset is because what someone else did or didn't do, someone else is now in control of your emotions. Someone else can do something and they're in control. They're controlling, manipulating your emotional state. As I know we've all been sort of trained and brought up that that seems to be totally the normal thing. And I'm the crazy person here saying, no, hold on a second. (laughs) That's not quite true. But entertain this for a moment. Just try it on. If you think someone undermined you or threw you under the bus, it's because of how you interpreted that situation in the meeting. Whatever they said or whatever they did that could be captured on a camera, right? Your interpretation was they threw me under the bus. It may very well be true. But if you continue to think that the way you feel is because of what they did, Who's in charge of your emotions? They are. If you think the reason why I'm frustrated is because I think they threw me under the bus, then at any given point, I could say, you know what, even if they threw me under the bus, who cares? I don't care. Or maybe they, they tried to throw me under the bus, but they totally flopped at that. Or they didn't really mean to try me under the bus. They're trying desperately to sell their project and that was just one of their strategies is to undermine my project. There are many, many ways I could, in my mind, change my thinking about that situation to then feel differently, right? If I think they just don't know any better, that's like the only strategy they have, they just don't know better. They don't know how to do it. Or how to engage or how to present without throwing someone else under the bus. And all of a sudden, I'm not that frustrated. I feel more empathy with that person or more compassion with that person. Because it's not about me personally. So I change my thinking and I immediately start to feel differently. Or I might say, maybe they feel like I'm not listening to them. And I'm not hearing their concerns. And that prompted them to bring it up in a leadership meeting without me knowing in advance. So maybe there's something for me to learn here, and I take some responsibility. I'm just giving you examples of how you could change your thinking about that situation to immediately feel better. So when you see, oh, here's the chain reaction, and I don't like the way that I feel, don't try to solve the circumstance or the fact out there. Try to look at your way of thinking about it. Now, now let's talk about leveraging emotions. Because as much as we want to understand where emotions are coming from, we also need to look at how can we make use of these emotions? Because emotions are real as of real sensations that we're feeling. And there's usually a signal. It it tells us something. It's not always worthwhile bringing it up or investigating it. Sometimes it's just a feeling. We recognize this is kind of my problem, not the other, other person's problem. Like being jealous in a partnership, for example, I mean, I'm sure there's reasons why totally justified, so to speak. Many times we have this feeling of jealousy for really, really no good reason. But there's something we don't like. Now, do we have to leverage that emotion and bring it up, talk about it, share that we're feeling jealous? No, probably not. Probably that's on our own to resolve can stay within our head and within our body. It doesn't need to be shared with our partner or our spouse. I'm not saying you shouldn't. That's totally your choice, but it doesn't have to be. But when it's an emotion that you feel and you think something useful can come from this because it's giving me a valid signal, then when you can manage it well, you can leverage it. When it's unmanaged and uncontrolled, then it's likely going to backfire if you try to leverage it. But when you know how to manage your emotions, you can understand how to use them to get what you want and how to manage them on your own when they get in the way of you achieving or getting what you want, then that's a superpower. When you feel angry or frustrated with a team, for example, everyone's showing up late to a meeting and it frustrates you because you just had to spend 10 minutes waiting there for people to trickle in. Your frustration in the moment could be leveraged. You'd say like, hey, I'm feeling frustrated with us spending the first 10 minutes waiting for people to to, to come join the meeting. I expect for us to start on time and for everyone to be on the virtual call or in the meeting room at this given time. This is the expectation. I'm not tolerating people coming in and trickling in 10 minutes later. That sense of frustration that you can share out loud by saying, I'm feeling frustrated, not by acting it out, but being passive aggressive or raising your voice or becoming snarky, right? That's not useful, but you saying, I'm feeling frustrated with that authentic emotion, explaining why you're frustrated and what you're looking for. That means you're leveraging it. Your team will notice this was frustrating and for a good reason. It then helps you achieve the goal without by any means be disrespectful, personalizing on the other person or finger pointing and blaming. You're simply stating how you're feeling and what you're expecting. The same is true with enthusiasm or excitement. You might notice that, hey, we have really big plans for the year. They can feel a little scary or they can, or people are really excited. How do you tell stories or show your own enthusiasm and you consciously bring that to display so people see how much passion you carry? How invested you are in this, how much you believe in this. Let's say your company is acquiring office space, and you found a really good office space, and you go back to the leadership team and you pitch this this particular opportunity. If you pitch it just with the facts, although you're personally really excited, but you're not leveraging that emotion. You're trying to argue with data, but you're missing out on leveraging the emotions, the emotions that you feel of. Enthusiasm um, for this property, the excitement that you have, the, the vision that you see how this could be l- used in the future as office space or help the business. And then cultivate this emotion inside of you. Think about what it will do and how it could help. And then convey that emotion in your presentation as you make the case, as you speak to people, you know, formally or in official settings. Behind closed doors, in the hallway, in small chit chats and interactions, demonstrate your enthusiasm. Hey, you know, we're just checking in and we're we're having um, a team meeting. People say, like, hey, what have you been doing? What's going on? You say, like, oh, super excited. We saw this really cool office space yesterday. And I think this could be a really great opportunity f- um, for, I'm really think- thrilled to be on that project. Now you leverage that emotion to get others interested too, right? To get others attention too. So on the spectrum from like, what we would sort of typically classify as negative emotions or and positive emotions, though the things that you feel are signals, and when these signals, these feelings, can help you get what you want and what you're trying to achieve, Professionally, or with your team, or for the organization, then leverage the emotions, convey them, make a case, use them to create progress. Never ever does that mean to be disrespectful, to unleash emotions on others that cannot be managed and are uncontrolled. So, if you don't know how to manage your emotions, how to be in control of them, this idea of leveraging emotions, specifically the negative ones, will likely not work. So learn to manage your emotions first by understanding that your feelings come from your thinking, your judgments, your personal assessments, your thoughts, not from the facts, not from the actual circumstances and the situations. Own your part in your emotions, take emotional responsibility. And then when you feel like you got that and you know that you can manage your emotions, then leverage them for the benefit. Emotions can be a really powerful leadership tool if you do it right. I hope you found this helpful to think about emotions, not in the context of like, oh, they're draining or there's too much of it, but really as a way to, hey, this is a tool and it's worthwhile thinking about how and when can I use emotions. Thanks for tuning in for reflecting on this. If you know coworkers, friends, colleagues who benefit from hearing this as well, please share it along. Uh, it can also, by the way, be a great, a great topic to bring up in your one-on-one conversations with team members when you notice, for example, that they're fearful or that they are insecure about something or doubtful. To lean into that and, and say, like, how are you feeling about it? And they say. I'm feeling a little fearful or I'm feeling a little unsure about it. Okay, when you feel unsure, what are the thoughts? Like what are the doubts that come up? And then let's use that insecurity to gather more information or to develop stronger conviction, right? Confidence and conviction. Sometimes it's it's about that. Uh, but understand that there's an emotion at play and shy away from addressing it. Some pe- some team members will happily jump on it and will appreciate you having that conversation with them and you being curious and others won't and you will know you're not being intrusive by asking hey how are you feeling about this if they don't want to talk about it they'll just give you an answer that doesn't include feelings that will tell you what they think about it and then you know so there's nothing to lose and a whole lot to gain when you start to tap into the emotional level in your conversations with team members and for yourself as well. With that said, have a good week and I'll see you in the next episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, then check out two other awesome resources to help you become a leader people love to work with. This includes my best-selling book, The Confident, Incompetent New Manager, which you can find on Amazon or at ramonashaw.com book. And a free training on how to successfully lead as a new manager. You can check it out at RamonaShaw.com slash masterclass. These resources and a couple more you'll find in the show notes down below.